0: Hey, Rial, thanks so much for joining the show today. Peace, Alex. Great to be here. To get started, can you give the audience a little bit of background and context on your past history in UX
1: design? So right now, I identify as a design researcher uh, with knowledge of self. I have a training, a doctorate in cognitive psychology, applied in the learning sciences where... You know, initially, a lot of my work was focused on building learning experiences and learning technologies that promote certain forms of reasoning. Today at Google, I lead work in the area of equity design on a team called Equity Engineering. Prior to that, I've done work in privacy. I was at Airbnb where I led work in the areas of uh, trust and offline risk. Mm. Uh, before that, AT&T, their design technology team in Dallas where uh, we were essentially charged with integrating design thinking in every facet of, of, of this 150-year-old company. Um, before that, I had a design research studio uh, that was really that really grew out of my desire to want to move in the industry, but needing to develop more contextual uh, inquiry, ethnographic skill set. And so I was able to handpick problems that enabled me to build up that strength. By um, partnering with junior designers, junior researchers, the scale, um, and then before that, I, I had uh, started a, uh, a, 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 a an app development company that was aimed at promoting social learning for toddlers. Uh, we call that name games. Uh, won a few awards, so I was pretty proud about pr- proud about that. I, I think one of the questions I have is around equity and building
0: equitable experiences or designing them. How should the design teams be thinking about this?
1: The the space of accessibility really is, comes out of the recognition that trying to design for everyone, taking a universal approach can be problematic, and that we actually need to focus on particular groups of the human experience in order to develop technologies, methods, frameworks that uh, most adequately enable design to address some of the challenges and the needs, the the wants, the expectations of of, of that part of the human experience. What we're finding now is that there are opportunities for us to think even beyond accessibility about what people who have different experiences as as, as human beings, ways that we can build technologies and ensure that our technologies are um, reliably predicting equitable experiences for a number of different people how can designers begin to to get out of their
0: remote desk in whatever city they're in and actually go into these people's shoes and and kind of live their
1: experience before designing the product go in their shoes and live the experience um there's there's nothing like that and and when we think about design we should be thinking that ultimately the goal is to get in the shoes and live the experience and all other methodologies that outside of that uh, should be trying to get us as close as we can to being in the shoes and living the experience what we need is we need a prioritization a way to prioritize the needs and so when we think about who who we're designing for it's thinking about what are some of the tasks that need to be that need to be uh, achieved in a particular process in a journey um how that journey is situated within a broader system and raising questions now, this part of this question asking comes from building an awareness building a uh, a, a disposition for identifying variability and where people may be disproportionately impacted in negative ways right and so i think our typical tools the general we have these you know our generalized specialist tool generalizing to generalizable tools are those tools that enable us to survive and do our work wherever we go um, whatever company we're working for, whatever agency, whatever challenges we're facing, uh, but increasingly, there's an opportunity for people to develop more specialized skills, and those specialized skills are those that come with lenses that enable us to think about uh, think about the opportunities we have to design for not, and it's not even designing for, but designing with and being influenced and val and valuing people with different experiences. So, Rial, I think.
0: You know some smaller teams might not have as many designers or researchers dedicated to this effort but it doesn't mean that this isn't something they should still be aspiring to do and be doing with product iterations how should teams be thinking about that mm.
1: yeah i'd say that that is a a, a tough question um I, I think for us it's it's not about getting everything every equity consideration into the To the product. It really much is where we are this, it really much is about acknowledging the shortcomings in what we know and inviting as many perspectives, as many approaches now, like early on. We need many approaches. There is no one right way. We don't know that yet. In fact, we're full of descriptive descriptions around what some of the challenges are, descriptions around inequities. We don't know anything about processes that reliably predict equitable experiences. Mm-hmm. And so for I think for what we need to do is we need more we need more learning experiences that help to build the sort of dispositions, promote dispositions, habits of mind, you know what um, some people call the these two the two eyes, you know, the, another lens, these other lenses, ways of looking viewing the world we should always be thinking that this is in the service of it's in the service of the business where there's opportunity i I think is that we can start with people who have been historically disempowered it's okay to start there and i think that is just a matter of courage on the account of teams that says you know what it is okay to actually go in to a particular community, to realize that people are not as different as we think they are. This particular, what we learn from this particular group may actually, probably, is most likely going to align with what we learn from the the broader dominant groups. And we're going to pick something else up that's new. I think that's where the exploratory part comes from. I think for for companies, it might help to identify where what kind of foundational research. Can be conducted that can be useful for the product space that a company is focused on a product spaces, the verticals that a a particular company is focused on begin to get some insights some different ways of thinking around different. Different identities way that people are identifying themselves around a product right that's another important I want to make this other important distinction that you know this work is not about. Like demographic is a part of, and it's a, it's a significant part of our identity, but there are other factors, there are other facets of our identities that are also important, it's particularly when we consider them in, 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 in the context of a, of a product space, of using a product. And we, need, we should be thinking about what is just some variability? How do people differ along some dimensions other than strictly you know, phenotype or maybe it's, you know, culture, thinking about what are some of those other key facets that we can begin to ask questions, raise questions about for our products. Love that. Do you have any, where
0: would you point, uh, designers or anyone looking to learn more, any resources?
1: Okay. So there's, uh, indigenous methodologies is, 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 is a great place to, to, to start. Also, um, the speculative speculative design is another, is another space. Um, I love the indigenous, spe- Latinx, Afrofuturist, um, speculative spaces. Um, there's uh, the low tech, there's uh, radical indigenism, um, but also in other other places historically. So, I'm always looking for, like, doing comparative, like, investigations because it's important for us to to tell stories in this work, even as we describe. The different identities that we're there was that was that we we're, 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 we're designing for, or even shifting people in their frame of thought and reasoning around who it is that we design for. Part of that requires exposing ourselves to the stories of the people, stories of the world. Because in that more than anything, more than us learning about the people, it helps to remind us of how limited we are in our current. Knowledge system, right? And and how little we actually know. And it's that limitation in knowledge that should promote the curiosity that's necessary in order to do this work. It is good design, anyways, always has a a tinge of curiosity, should actually sit at the core of who it is as we are as designers, right? Yep, 100%.
0: 100%. Well, Rial, thanks so much for being on the show today. This is
1: awesome. Uh, thanks. Thanks for having me, Alex. Thank you. Thank you, Fuego UX.